With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Your source for big and cold. It's off tackle. Empire! Welcome back to Off Tackle Empire as we are here to preview Big Ten football action for Week 7. Crossover, you get caught up in the crossover. Crossover, crossover, We riff on the best 90s toy commercial of all time because uh, it's crossover week. A whole bunch of teams playing cross-divisional games. The buys this week, Ohio State, fresh off of a comfortable win against Michigan State. And Northwestern, who gets to sit in the corner and think about what they've done. I'm sure Pat Fitzgerald's going to have a thesis for us on why actually he's right and we can all eat shit. Hey, wait. Do they play the following week, Ohio State and Northwestern? Each other? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm almost positive they do this year. Well, anyway. Gross. Um, <laughs> so, let's, uh, of course, let's last, do last our... Of course, game be like 13-10. Let's do our, <laughs> our, our, our moop game. Maryland at Purdue. Um, so, it'll be interesting... First of all, to see whether Jackson can play. It, as we said here, it's Sunday night. We're recording earlier than we usually do. So I haven't seen or heard any reports about his status. He it, When that play happened when he was hurt last week, I thought broken ankle. I was like, oh, he done. But no, it turns out it's just a high sprain, thankfully. So That's still will, just a sprain. That's still... It's a high ankle sprain. It, depending on... A lot. I, my understanding is they tend to be different for everybody who gets them. So yeah, he, my he, he, my experience as a you know as a fantasy football player is that <laughs> oh yeah is, is that, that it thing. could be one week and it could be eight weeks. Yeah, and even when he comes back, he's likely to have some limitations. So and you might not know until like Friday of each week whether or not he's going to play that week. Right. So, so that's it, kind of a tough one. It, it feels doubtful that he would play to me. That's just my impression. But again, this is. The situation where Maryland's history of quarterback injuries helps them a little bit because now at least you have a backup who you know can play with Terrell Pegram. So, by the way, is there any particular reason that we're recording on a Sunday? I had the outline done, and Tuesday when we're normally going to be doing it is DCFC, so we're not doing it then. Well, of course, because we're by the t- city will already have beaten the, uh, the 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 Michigan Stars, is it football club? By the time this episode drops. And so, see, we have to record on Sunday because we are not shit. And as we know, there are only two choices in this world. You either sing for City or you're shit. You either sing for City or you're shit. So anyway, we we have chosen to not be shit. And, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing where, like, yeah, it's not so much me calling my shot as me stating matter-of-factly, but by the time you're listening to this now, um, City will still be undefeated in Members' Cup action. Yeah. Uh, with most valuable member or most rigid member, uh, Nate Steinwasher, <laughs> just just shutting everything out of the goal there. Um, if it's less than three nothing, I'll be curious. Yeah, but yeah, Mich- Michigan Stars, uh, better known as Greater Detroit Area FC, <laughs> <laughs> FFC Greater Outer Detroit Metro 
area. Yeah, they're they're like they are to Detroit what like the outer rim is to the Star Wars universe. Like you always hear it referred to. It's like I don't know what that means exactly, but it's probably far from anything interesting. And it sure sounds kind of dirty. And hey, Pontiac, you're right. So um, to get to circle all the way back to Maryland and Purdue. Um, this again, is kind of like Michigan Stars versus Michigan Stars, isn't it? A little bit. I mean, nah, I mean, it's not quite that shitty. I think Maryland is probably the better team here. Um, I guess we could consult some lines and see what the action opened at and get some idea of what Vegas thinks. So let's take a look. Yeah, yeah, here's us talking shit about what was, until a couple months ago, a uh, semi-pro, uh, mostly amateur uh, soccer team based out of Pontiac that has uh, that, that sometimes gets a thousand people at its games. <laughs> well, for whatever reason, they limped into this semi-pro thing we're doing. I still don't know how they got in. I have to imagine that like there was just a meeting somewhere and the door was open a little bit and somebody from SARS just, just like just like shuffled in like a crab and nobody noticed and then they were passing around documents and signing he just like snuck in and like signed his name on the right and, and now they're in the lead. And hey, fuck, hey. How'd you get in here? And hey, guess what? There is one byproduct which is that there's a bunch of really angry people screaming internally in Ann Arbor about how their their extremely good team that won 10 games last year got excluded from this thing. <laughs> I'm so happy we don't have to play those chodes anymore. Um, anyway, so the, the line that opened here is Maryland uh, minus two. Feels about right. I mean, that, that's basically if I'm telling you, we don't know. This game's a toss-up because <laughs> Maryland's on the road. So you'd expect them to be favored by a little bit more on neutral. But, you know. I don't know. I think that the range of outcome is like a 10-point Purdue win to a blowout win for Maryland. Yeah. I don't think Purdue is going to win this going away. I don't think they're going to blow anybody out. Although, you know, speaking again of injuries, we don't know stats. I don't know if Rondale Moore is supposed to play. And if he does, I don't know. I don't know if the offense works in the same fashion it does for him with Plummer at quarterback. Because Sindelar, I think, certainly is not going to be back. We've not had any indications that that's a possibility. If they get Tario Fuller back so they can pull, so they can have a little bit more of a balanced approach, maybe that helps somewhat. Maryland is certainly a step back on the defensive side of the ball from what Purdue just encountered with Penn State, so you don't have to worry about your quarterback getting sacked ten times, I don't think. Um, but this I mean, time, I favor Maryland in this one just because yeah, yeah. their running game is is a really is pretty decent for the type of team that they are. Right, and in games like this between teams in relatively the same tier, you kind of look for like, well, what are where are the biggest impact players in which uniform are they wearing? In this game, especially if Rondale Moore doesn't play, the impact guys here are McFarland and Leak and Fleet Davis. And Johnson if he plays. Yeah, so I really don't think he's going to. But even without him, I mean, if anything, Pigram is more of a running threat, so that may add an, an extra dimension to Maryland's offense. This is true. You might you might see him just go full-on flexbone. <laughs> no, no, that's a, Mike Loxley is not that in touch with our fantasies. Yeah, we can dream, though. Uh, moving along, Penn State at Iowa. This this was also a line that surprised me. I gotta find it, but it jumped right off the page, and I thought that sounds like free money. Of course, I don't bet because it never is. Yeah, Penn State was only giving two and a half at Iowa. Yeah, that sounds. And granted, this is a five o'clock kickoff, so I guess you could consider it a night game at Kinnick. But boy, look at what you saw from Iowa last week, and keep in mind that Michigan's defensive line is. Pretty good, probably at least above average. Not, not as, as good, good as Penn, Penn State. State's. Not as good as Penn State's, not even close. And 
does Kirk Ferentz seem like the type to make systemic adjustments to cover for a weakness, or is he going to chew his gum and say that's football? No, he's going to chew his gum and not really even say anything. And well, and blame the players by saying the word execution. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I would take Penn State up to a touchdown. Um, I, I'd take them giving up to a touchdown, even at Pinnock, even with it being a quasi-night game. It's weird because we don't really have any way to compare Penn State and Michigan, but we all think that Penn State is definitely better. Yes. We both think that we, is. We both all think, two of us. Well, I don't think many people would contradict. Leah, what do you think? She's on board. Hearing nothing, that's a scent. Um, oh boy, that's a <laughs> that's a flaw line of thinking. But don't worry about. That. Um, the only thing where I think this game could stay close is that Iowa's defense is built on diffusing the big play, which is still a staple of Penn State's offense. Um, we I, Again, I've probably watched Penn State the least of all the Big Ten teams so far, to be honest. Yeah, but, I mean, because I, I think the only time that I caught them was when I flipped to the Penn State at Maryland game. So really, the thing is, their, their Big Ten games have been against Maryland who and Purdue, neither of whom we think are even going to be winning teams or bowl teams. Right. So it's hard to know what to make. This is, I guess, a bigger litmus test for Penn State than for... Than for Iowa. Um, Because to to beat Iowa, they're going to have to sustain a few drives without getting, you know, the 70-yard catch and run from Hamler or the, you know, the the broken play, long touchdown run by Jerry Brown or Ricky Slade or whoever. Um, We can now fairly say that the West is Wisconsin's to lose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can virtually close the book. Simply because of the fact that they have such an edge in the record sheet. All their contenders except Minnesota have a loss, and I still don't think either of us are quite ready to get on board with Minnesota as a real contender yet. Um, Hell no. The the thing that I saw flying around Twitter a lot today is people, uh, I say people, gophers, snarkily coming back at the argument that Minnesota's schedule is bad by pointing out, well, they've won all, their opponents have won all their other games since they played Minnesota. I'm like, I notice you're deliberately omitting who those other teams have played. Why don't we go a little bit further if you're going to make this argument? Yeah, let's see if that holds up for next week when Illinois plays Michigan. Because South Dakota State's an FCS team. So let's let's maybe... Look, 6-0 is... Uh, what, or they're 5-0, right? Yeah, Minnesota also, five. Purdue lost, so that already fell apart. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, congratulations on winning all your non-conference games. You know what Wisconsin did in their non-conference games? They didn't allow a point. Right. They didn't allow a single point in non-conference games. So let's not take the first win in the Axe game Minnesota's had in the life, in the memories of any of their players and turn it into Minnesota looking Wisconsin in the eye ever being better than them. They're not. They're not. And I'm sure that I am of anything else that's going to play out at the end. Yeah, and, and you know, hey, maybe they will be when they play, but for now, they're going to need to do a little more than kick the shit out of Illinois to convince me that they can play at Wisconsin because... Everybody's going to kick the shit out of Illinois. Congratulations, you're in the Big Ten. So we've teed this up pretty well. We may as well go into Nebraska at Minnesota here. As far as projecting this game, who even really knows? Both teams are definitely offensively slanted. Um, You know, Minnesota, again, for all the criticism we just threw Minnesota's way, they've got the results so far. We're halfway into the season. To an extent, you do become what your record says you are. And Nebraska doesn't quite have the same... Mat, you know, doesn't match up in the record column quite as well, do they? So I think it's easy enough to say that Minnesota's at home. They've got the advantage. Their quarterback is certainly healthy. We're not sure what Adrian Martinez's status is. If he doesn't play, 
I think Nebraska's probably screwed, but in Bedroll, they did pick up a backup who's a little bit more capable than the walk-ons they were rolling with last year. So, Well, if you look at Nebraska's defense, um, they do struggle in coverage, but they can get more pressure than Illinois or Purdue. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. Morgan is reasonably accurate, has good receivers to throw to, but he'll take sacks. And he, I mean, he took some sacks against Illinois. He, he gave them a touchdown. He gave them two touchdowns, actually. Second. So that you know that's gonna when your when your opponent is not like again Illinois you're not gonna be able to get away with that shit. Yeah, this is not a terribly enticing take for a podcast, but I really don't know what to make this game. That's why I know if Martinez is playing, and I don't know if we're gonna find that out before the game. I'd probably favor Minnesota on paper here, and uh, gosh, I just look. I don't have anything against them necessarily. They're in the other division. We don't play this year. I'm sure most of their fans are decent enough people, but boy, are y'all loud online. Um, take this L, quiet down a little bit, and then go ahead and finish strong. Beat Wisconsin, I don't care. Um, just just shut up about it for a while, would you? Would you please? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Um, so we skipped over another game to get to that one because mm. we have very natural flow, and you know I don't feel the need to point out when we successfully segue between games or anything. So Rutgers at Indiana. Um <laughs> This is a game that's had some interesting iterations recently. Uh, as far as this year goes, let's evaluate the current positions of both of these teams. Indiana just had a week to stew about letting a very winnable spittoon matchup with Michigan State slip away. Rutgers is a team that's a week off of firing its head coach and just had its quarterback and only real playmaker say, uh, hey, actually, I don't want to waste any more of my eligibility on this season, so I'm just not going to play. Well, now, in, and also, in the Indiana practice facility, there's now just tobacco spit everywhere because they got nowhere to put it. They're living in filth, and they're furious about it. I mean, look, it's, they're in southern Indiana. That's probably not much of an exaggeration. So, oh, and the other thing, by the way, I'll, the last thing I'll point out about Rutgers, it's in the outline so you can see it, but if I hadn't put this number in here, would you have guessed anything like this being the margin for Rutgers in their three conference games so far this year? Out there in listener land, we'll give you a quick moment here. What do you think the margin has been for Rutgers in their three conference games this year? We'll give you a hint. They have all been losses. You go ahead and think about that. I'm not going to hum the Jeopardy theme because it's going to take a bit too long. I'm not, not giving you that long. The answer is 130 to 7. <laughs> yeah, so that's about an average loss of, let's say, 43 to 3. And that's, that's Michigan. That's Iowa. And it's Maryland. That's not like there's no Ohio State, no Penn State, no Wisconsin yet. But the thing is, I mean, Maryland, yeah, not that good a team. They do have some explosive athletes. However, Indiana has some explosive athletes. Yeah, and I think they're better coached. They have a more cohesive system. 100%. They're, they're much better, in my opinion, than Maryland. Yeah, I think this is the season where Indiana joins the beat-the-shit-out-of-Rutgers club. And I think they're going to find it very cathartic, particularly our friends over at the Crimson Quarry, whose beef with On the Banks... Remains hilarious, even if it has simmered down a little bit recently. Fire that back up. Get it. Get this rivalry game going. Well, let's see how disrespected Rutgers feels after getting slapped around by a Penix for three hours. Play each other on the last weekend of the season, so I don't. My team doesn't have to play Rutgers at, on Thanksgiving anymore. Please, somebody pick these losers up and give them a home over the holiday. So, um, let's see. Yeah, then uh, I guess there's Michigan at Illinois. This was a game that years ago I was looking forward to. Um, I mean, three years ago, I looked ahead to this game. I wasn't the only one. 
A lot of people did. I really I took my cue from uh, from uh, another guy that uh, a, a writer goes by the Twitter handle Alionai. That reminds me of an older, sadder version of myself uh, that doesn't quite get as angry about things, but gets much more sad. So is this like Illinois I Looper, Illa Looper? Could very well be, but in any case, he bought in so hard on this, and it was hard not to after selling out the stadium my against eyes, North Carolina. My eyes are wide with concern, listeners. Right. So he bought in so hard that he put in his Twitter bio the date October 12th, 2019. Oh, no. And guess what? Now it's still that's. There? Uh, yeah, it's, it's still, still there. there. Oh, why? Still there because this oh, is. Oh, hide it. Oh, delete it. No, this is, this is a man who. Uh, he meant what he said, and he said what he meant, and Illini fans faithful 100%. And uh, we will sit on this egg until we freeze to death, goddammit. Anyway, I was going to go to this game because there was the thought that this is going to be a night game. We're going to have maybe a 5-0 Michigan. Maybe Illinois has maybe Illinois is undefeated. Maybe they've lost a game. And, and now, here, maybe we don't win this game, but we show everybody that we are to be taken seriously. Well, now it's an 11 a.m. kickoff, um, yeah. and uh, there's going to be like 20,000 people there, 10,000 of whom are Michigan fans, yeah. and uh, Jim Harbaugh, with a big talent advantage, is going to rub our face in the fact that Brandon Peters couldn't make his three deep, and uh, whatever, man. Um, yeah, man, to continue the Dr. Seuss theme there, look, downstate Illinois is a natural enough area. There's got to be a few more truffle trees you can cut down for that buyout, man. It's only four million dollars. God damn it! We're paying him. We, we, like how many needs could that possibly be? I'll tell you what. We're paying him five million dollars to coach. We're paying. It would be four million dollars for him to not coach. Couldn't we just pay him four million dollars to keep doing what he's doing, which is not coaching? <laughs> like we're already paying him enough to not coach. Yeah. So we'll discuss the X's and O's briefly. I um. Will we? Will we though? Very briefly. Illinois can't stop the fucking run, and Illinois can't. Illinois won't run the ball. But Michigan hasn't run against anybody. Now, look, I, I get that. When these matchups happen, the result tends to be, well, the thing that does not favor Illinois happens. This will probably be Michigan going for 400 on the ground. I get that. But it is an issue Michigan needs to fix, and there's basically going to be one of two game flows, okay? If Michigan's able to run the ball with any kind of success, they're going to run it up pretty quickly, pretty easily. But if they can't, if somehow they still can't run the ball... They're going to derp around, continuing to try, probably inspire a little bit of false hope in you and, well, maybe not you, but I'm you, that shit. you, I'm air quoting the Illinois fan base generally, um, to let Illinois hang around in the game, even though the Illinois off- offense is probably not doing shit, because what you had from Minnesota last week is, is a tame version of what Don Brown's going to do, because... You mentioned Harbaugh liking to run it up against weak opponents, and that's true. His defensive coordinator takes that to the 10th degree. That's where he gets his reputation, is by goose-egging bad offenses. And that's probably what's going to happen here. If Illinois scores, it will be an accident. Damn, it's been nearly, uh, no, it's been six games since we've been shut out. Damn it, man. Uh... (laughs) I picture in my head one of those, it has been blank days since an act since this works I had an accident or whatever and it's just like six on Illinois. It's been six games since we tied the worst loss in school history. There's no reason that we couldn't get it in either honest to God, we could get the worst loss in school history in either of the next two weeks. And he just photoshopped Reggie Corbin like walking over like that scene from the office and saying erasing the 
<laughs> oh yeah. Um, so you know, and that, the thing is, I mean, you know, when you talk about, I don't know if Brandon Peters is going to be able to go for this game. If if Matt Robinson screws around enough, we could see Cam Miller out there. Uh, now, how the many great thing about named Cam, do you guys have? Well, our other guy left, so... This is a veritable Jake situation. The thing is, with Cam Miller, is that every career carry that he has has gone for a touchdown against Ohio State. Damn. Well, you got to keep him under wraps, then. Yeah. <laughs> um, to keep this moving along, last game of the week, as I mentioned in the review, I will be there for Michigan State at Wisconsin. Not necessarily because I'm confident Michigan State's going to win, but because I'm doing the Tour de Bay 10, it's a cross-divisional game, so we play in Mass in like once a decade now. And I made the reservations a long time ago and everything's already paid for. If you had told me... I mean, look, honestly, last week's results don't necessarily change my impression of this game, except for the fact that I am concerned about the fatigue factor, both physically and emotionally, from putting out what I'm sure was their best effort to get that kind of result against Ohio State. Now you go to a Wisconsin team that's absolutely rolling. About the only thing that gives me some hope is I still don't think Chris is that good of a game day coach, so if giving the ball to Taylor 20 times in the first half doesn't work, I don't think he's going to have an adjustment on the fly that does. Um, that being said, this, again, I think Wisconsin's the better team on a neutral field. There's certainly a better team in Camp Randall. It's not to say that MSU can't win, but I, I don't expect them to. I don't predict them to, which is unfortunate because that drops them to 4-3 and three, heading into a bye ahead of a game with Penn State, which is probably also a loss, especially if they lose this game. And then you're 4-4 four and four with a month left to play in what should have been, what really probably was D'Antonio's last big-time opportunity to win something meaningful. So there's a little bit of ennui starting to set in here, if you can't tell, but it's going to look... Madison is a hell of a time. I've been there before. I actually very nearly went to Wisconsin. Um... The only thing is, I don't think the weather's going to be as nice as it was, because the last time I went there was July, and uh, there's a little snowflake on the weather forecast. <laughs> I kind of thought going the first week of October I'd be safe from that, but so it goes. We'll have a good time regardless. Hopefully I see a win, but I don't expect to at this rate. That is, uh, you okay over there? You got any, word, you got any words you want to say? Okay. All right. uh, there was there was briefly a bottle just dangling from my lip, but oh, anyway, it wasn't that brief. It was on there for a minute. What I would like to point out is that what last week has done to you, especially if this Wisconsin loses here, is it has made it much more likely that we go to MSU Illinois because you know my state's definitely going to be fuck that game for the rest of the year. Yeah. So we do have to go through with our plan, and we've come up with this in the context of like going to either the MAC title game or to a Tigers-White Sox game, but I think we would need to, if, if we are, because if it goes as badly as I worried, MSU will be 4-4 four and four for that game, and Illinois will be whatever. Um, two and two five. Two and whatever. Oh, it'll be, uh, it'll be our, um, I think that actually it might be our 600th loss. Oh, so we should dress up for the occasion. Yeah! Like Stadler and Waldorf, as we've been planning to. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, it's almost basketball season, though. By then, it will be basketball season. Um, speaking of which, do keep your eyes out on the keep a weather eye on the horizon. It's it's really gonna happen this year, probably. <laughs> no, I've uh, I've put yeah a lot okay. Of, I put a lot it's of the, time. the the Illinois football of podcasts. I've put a lot of damn time into putting the preview material together. Um, we at the very least are gonna do basketball season preview podcasting. Um, I am so technically incompetent that it's probably going to be way more complicated than it needs to be. But we, at the very least, will get previews done, 
Steve has not agreed to join me for those because Illinois Athletics makes him dead inside. And also, keeping track of 14 teams in basketball is a hell of a lot more work, which is why I'll be joined by many other members of the Off-Talkle Empire Battalion. So, that's going to happen, and that's about the most interesting thing I have left to say. Now, the good thing is, if none of the... And look, around the conference, there are a couple decent matchups here. I mean, Penn State-Iowa, Michigan State-Wisconsin are probably the premier matchups, but Maryland-Purdue should be competitive at least. I think Nebraska-Minnesota has interesting angles to it. And you know what? If you're the kind of person that hears about a really gruesome injury in a sports game, and you and then you go online and you're like, oh, man, oh, geez, I wonder what that looked like. Oh, oh. Then, yeah, you're going to want to watch Michigan and Illinois. Oh, you can see the bone. Oh, look at it. It's all jagged. I didn't know bones looked like Oh, gross. Play it again. Play it again. Yeah, that's... Yeah, you're going to want to DVR Michigan and Illinois. But if the Big Ten's particular flavors of the week aren't doing it for you... There are a number of good options nationwide. The Red River Shootout. Yeah, the Red River. Well, I like that that they, of course, for whatever reason, felt like they had to rebrand from Shootout. And it was, for a while, Red River Rivalry, which is terrible. But now they're saying the Red River Showdown, which might as well be Red River Shootout. So it's acceptable. Acceptable. I, for one, can't stand these damn liberals out here taking away my right for a football game to invoke images of mass shootings. The Texas Tech guy still gets to have his guns. <laughs> Come on. Disarm the Big 12 if you're going to make it not the Red River shootout anymore. West Virginia's guy has an actual gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's just make... You know what? I don't care. Whatever. We can have whatever level of gun control we can agree on in the Big 12. Let's just make it consistent and unilateral, okay? Uh, looking elsewhere... Alabama going to Texas A&M. Sooner or later, I think... Sooner! I think we will see a proof-of-concept game from Jimbo Fisher. Boomer! I do not think this game is that game. Um, They've already had a couple chances against high-profile opponents this year and haven't gotten it done. They were pretty close against Auburn, although that game was not as close as the score indicated, in my opinion. Uh, Yeah, I think the the Heisman train rolls unabated for Tua here. Um, You see any reason to tune in for this? Not really. I mean, if it's if it's decent, it'll be because the the defense for A and M has shown up on an unprecedented level. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Florida's cross divisional schedule continues to be brutal as they visit LSU. Woo! Um, that's gonna probably be the most substantially impactful game of the season. The winner of that game puts themselves firmly on the periphery of the playoff conversation. Probably doesn't break into the top four. Although it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the first playoff ranking is issued after what? Is it this week or next week? Soon. I thought it was week eight. You could be right. That would be after next week then. Yeah. Um, It would not surprise me if the winner of this game is in that top four, mostly by virtue of this win. So that's going to be one you want to keep an eye on. USC Notre Dame will get some pub because of the names involved. But despite USC being a little bit better than we expected, this is still going to be an easy win for Notre Dame. I would think it's at Notre Dame. Um, don't bother watching that. The other two games that I want everyone to keep an eye on, first of all, Washington State, Arizona State is going to be stupid. Uh, don't know what direction it's going to be stupid. Probably in the direction of a win for, I think, the 18th ranked Sun Devils now. That's yeah. the world we're living in. Is that loss somehow going to age well? <laughs> I can't wrap my head around that, but apparently it might. Um, for reasons I outlined last week, uh-huh. Arizona State's continued success it's just going to keep making me yell. What are you going to do if they make the playoff? I don't know. Probably lobby for like uh, 
uh, Dick Geron to Champagne. <laughs> Ken Wisenhunt for Illini. <laughs> Shit, he won 13 games with the Bears, which I think is more than Lovey ever did. <laughs> I Geron? Yeah, yeah. Why did he coach there? So, he randomly had a 13-win season in 2001, and outside of that, he was losing every season. That far back. That's why I don't remember him. I remember he was somehow involved with the Lions for a minute, and then, like, the Bills. Um, anyway, <laughs> I demand that game be rescheduled for a 10.30 kickoff, though, because it's at, like, 3.30 in Tempe, which is just no fun at all. And it's probably at, like, I'm thinking at some point Washington State's going to throw the ball and it'll probably just burst into flames, um, which would be pretty cool, don't get me wrong, but not as cool as Pac-12 after dark involving Washington State. I feel like about two-thirds of Pac-12 after dark involves either Washington State or Arizona. Yeah, Washington State or N Arizona, because... So Washington well, usually, State, usually the Arizona, like the, one the Arizona, the Arizona State University. No, the Arizona University, or is it the University? Ah, well, the University of the Arizona, the blue one that thinks it's good at school. Um, <laughs> the other game you're gonna want to keep an eye on, by the way, our Hawaii Rainbow Warriors at Boise State. Woo! Oh yeah! <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, blue Kool Aid man, but yeah, that one's gonna be a slapper. Download, subscribe, Hawaii, Boise State. 100%. There's a few, there's actually a few other things that uh, that I found interesting. Wyoming at San Diego State is another Pac-12 after dark. Um, not Pac-12, Mountain, Mountain West, West after dark. There we go. Um, also, FBS football starts its encroachment earlier into the week with a Wednesday game, the first of the year, pitting App State against Billy Napier's surprising 4-1 Louisiana Raging Cajuns. That's Why so do I know who's... Who's the coach there? Because I have a list of 70 dudes that Illinois could hire. <laughs> and, and and I would only be mad at about like 20 of them. And he's not one of them. <laughs> Man, this is a dude that when he was dismissed by uh, Dabo Swinney, within hours was called up by Nick Saban. Oh my goodness. Um, that's I'm gonna talk that's to, a decent resume. I'm going to talk to Chris and have her get you into crochet. <laughs> I did, did a project on crocheting my freshman year of high school. You need another hobby. Um, okay, so any other games you want to highlight nationally? I'm just going to put another, like, I'm going to circle Hawaii at Boise about 10 more times in my head. Well, let's see. I mean, <coughs> New Mexico State's 0-6. I'm looking for the winless teams because Rice got close again. God damn, I just want Rice. Rice apparently has a bye this week, but I'm, I'm looking for, for who our winless teams are and where they're going to get uh, where they're going to get some action because I know that Akron is playing um, Kent State, but Kent State uh, has won two games this year, so I don't know. Um, Embarrassing. Yeah, well, the UNLV Vanderbilt, there's a battle of one in four teams. Uh, actually, San Jose State, Nevada, possibly interesting. I'm reaching at this point, but... Yeah, San Jose State, I rather doubt it, because they beat Arkansas, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if they lose, I guess it could potentially open some interesting Wheel of Futility options. Well, you know, generally, I really, really want to get cracking on the circle of trash because yeah. at this point in the season, that's kind of uh, that's... <laughs> where, your, where your mind starts to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. If we're, if we're perfectly honest, understandable. Uh, as for hot seat watch, I mean, Virginia Tech has a chance to really make some strides against Rhode Island because they lose that one, then they could they could rock it right back up to the top. Well, they just had a blowout win against Miami last week, so that's probably doused a little bit of the kindling around Fuente's feet right now. I would think. I don't know. I don't exactly have my pulse on the finger of the Virginia Tech fan base. 
finger on the pulse of their data tech fan base. I'm tired. Your finger on the pulse. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, New Mexico State plays at Central Michigan, uh, which I want to highlight because uh, Central Michigan's leading receiver is named Khalil Pimpleton, which I just think is a lovely name. <laughs> Your source for Big Ten Talk, it's off tackle and 